0: Now it's time for Inspirational Women, and my guest, Nina Sossaman Pogue, an incredible woman, a best-selling author who joins us today to let us know about what I consider a perfect book. It's a toolkit of sorts to help us navigate life at any time, and it's so ideal for this time that we are all living in currently. This book, This Is Not The End, is a metaphor for life our life. So let's meet Nina to find out how to put it into practice in our own life. Nina sussman Poe. good morning. It is so wonderful to welcome you here this morning.
1: So lovely to be here. Good morning to you.
0: I am so impressed, amazed, and gratified by this new book, This Is Not The End, strategies to get you through the worst chapters of your life. And of course, that can happen to us at any time, but it certainly has some particular significance for every single one of us right now, doesn't it?
1: It certainly does. You know, the book was not supposed to come out until August, and we pushed up the release date because... So many people are in one of the worst chapters of their lives right now during this pandemic, and we wanted to put it out there so these strategies could help anyone in this situation who is struggling. Uh, If There's a nugget in there that can help them get through this tough time. We wanted to make sure we made it available as quickly as possible and as inexpensively as possible. It's only 99 cents. We just put it out there as close to free as we could because who knew this book would be so timely?
0: Exactly. But, you know, we find that the universe might respond to us in that kind of way, is that when we need something, if we just kind of change our focus a little, all of a sudden, there's the solution for us. And I feel that this is not the end. This wonderful book, which is really, uh, you know, in paperback is about 150 pages, really a fast read to begin with, and then, you know, you could hunker down to the specific chapters that really resonate and and are necessary or important for whatever it is that you're going through.
1: Yes, and I wrote it that way on purpose. When I went through some very difficult, um, life-changing events in my own life, which I share in the book. I went to the bookstore and stood there in the Barnes and Noble and looked at the shelves for anyone to answer, Just how do I get through this without wanting to just end it all? Just someone tell me how I get through this. And they were big, heavy books on um, grief and books on PTSD and workbooks on PTSD and books on cognitive behavioral therapy and books on stoicism. And It was just so much and too much to take in. And I just wanted a little short book that said, okay, here are some strategies. Do we leave all the big words out. Just tell me how to get through this. So that is what I've written here. It's a little bit of all of those things, a little stoicism and cognitive behavior, a little faith of everything from Christianity to Buddhism to a little Lakota Indian in their earth, fire wind. So it's just a, a compilation of all the research I've done on resilience and the things that I learned through the many different um, events in my life. And I put them together in a real quick, consumable way for people who need that. And part of what I think works really well is I say right in the beginning, if you're just really struggling with dark, scary thoughts, jump to Chapter 8. Let me help you through that. Or if you just just don't even know what to say to go back out in the community after something horrible happens to you, just go to Chapter 9 and I'll work you through a script so you can handle people again and take control. So it's that type of book. Just let me help you get through this.
0: Yes, really such hand, hands-on guideposts, if you will, to take us through the steps of whatever it is. And of course, right now, when we're all dealing with this pandemic, uh, and we're in different phases of it, you know, some of us have the opportunity to continue working. Some of us have lost our jobs. Some of us are kind of in some middle territory, but it, we can apply this book, the strategies, this is not the end, to any place that we are in.
1: Yes, and one of the things that I've talked a lot about to friends and family and podcasts, anyone I can get the word out to during this, is we all have those stories. When you get together for coffee with friends or for a bite to eat in a restaurant in your local area, and the conversation turns to, where were you during 9-11? Everybody has a story. So this pandemic is becoming part of your story, every single one of us. No one woke up on January 1st with a plan and a goal to get through a pandemic. This is not something that was planned. So we all have a plot twist in our stories, and that is the 2020 pandemic. So five years from now, when you get together with your friends and you're having a cup of coffee, what is your story going to be? How did you you get through this? Were you stuck at home or were you safe at home? What was the language you were using? And pre- you have an opportunity now to create a story that your future self is proud of. Did you reach out and help people? Did you make some phone calls to check on a friend? Did you choose to, you know, take control of what you could, wash your hands, you know, order your food out, whatever it is that you want to do to control things in your own life. And so this becomes your story. I say in, in my book, I call it This Is Not the End. Because if you look at the cover of it, it says the end, like it's on a typewriter, like someone has completed their story. And I say, you know, this is not the end. No matter what it is, you will get through it. And this is just one chapter. So this pandemic 2020 year is one chapter. It is not your whole story. And part of what I've been trying to share from the book that really relates to right now is even though it seems horrible right now for so many people... For some people, this may be the worst chapter of their life. They may lose someone, lose their job, have all other, you know, horrible things happen to them during this situation. For others, it's just gonna be a really bizarre chapter where, you know, Disney shut down and everything changed and I couldn't go to a store. I mean, some people are just having a weird experience, not having a horrifically sad experience. But everyone will have their pandemic story from twenty twenty. And right now, the language that you use in your head comes out of your mouth and becomes your story, safe at home, stuck at home, that sort of thing. And then you have you five years from now who's going to look back and go, here's what I did during this time. Here's how I got to it. This is what frightened me or this is what inspired me or this is what helped me get for it. And that is how you will tell the story in the future. And the really wonderful part of that for you and for me and for anyone listening is that we will get to five years from now. And this will be a story that we tell and it won't feel like it does right now, which is hard to think about when you're in the middle of it. It's very difficult to see five years from now when you're in the middle of something really, really, really tough.
0: And I think what I get from your book and you know in sharing your experiences with us, Nina, is we need to acknowledge that, yes, this is a horrible place. This is, I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling crappy, but also realize that there is five years from now. There's also one month from now. And to, you know, give ourselves time to do the grief or whatever the emotion is, but also, you know, watch, as you say, that language in our head so we can take the steps forward.
1: Absolutely. And the small steps, um, it'll turn into the, the next chapter. So I do talk about in there, you know, what is, what you, what's that next chapter going to look like? Let's set ourselves up for success in the next chapter while we're in the middle of this horrible one. Um, and that's partially the thoughts uh, in this situation would be if you get fired, you know, don't call and, and complain. And when people ask you, oh, my gosh, how are you doing? If you say, well, I didn't see that coming in. I gave them the best years of my life and so-and-so was not as good as me and they should have let that person go and I, you know, can't believe this happened and it's not fair. That becomes your story. And in the same instance, you could say, wow, I didn't see that coming and good luck to everybody who's still there. And I'm sure they have to make some tough decisions and I don't know what I'm going to do, but if anybody knows of anybody hiring, you know, call me, then that becomes your story. Much easier to hire the second person back than the first person who was so angry. So, there are things we can do during the difficult times that set us up for that next chapter to be a good one. And I talk about that in different ways. Now, I was on the U.S. gymnastics team and I didn't make the Olympics. I thought my life was never going to be okay again. I thought it was over at the ripe old age of 19. It seems hilarious now. Um, and uh, at 15, I'm sorry. And then at 19, I was a college gymnast and grew up my knee and thought my life was over at the ripe old age of 19. But at 19, that was. 87% of everything I knew about life. If I take my life to zero, my timeline from zero to just 19, i had spent most of my life in a gym. So i before away from home. i spent my whole life doing gymnastics. So of course it felt like everything. By the time I was 50, I had spent 20, more than 20 years parenting kids and I had been married and I had had a job and all of those things. Two different careers by that point. So that Part of my life was now 20, gymnastics was 28% of my life, and parenting was more than 40%. So you, you look at your life in different ways as you go through life. But math works with you. And so no matter how bad this seems right now, this few months of our lives, or even if you just take this whole year, you live to be 100, this year will be 1%. <laughs> it's not your whole
0: life. Exactly. And as you say in the book, too, this opportunity, whatever it is, but right now, talking about COVID, this opportunity opportunity can be the most powerful change in your life.
1: Correct. So uh, after the gymnastics piece, I went on and I was uh, an award. Any, any women news anchor it was very popular, if you want to call it that big fish little pond. It was in Charleston, South Carolina, a very popular news anchor there, and I was let go. And I thought that that defined me and was really frightened that nothing good could come from it. And then later I was in a horrific accident and I had to redefine myself again as who I was and I got into tech. And in each of those instances, when something big happens to you, you have these moments where is this going to be who you are, is it going to define you or is there an opportunity in this to maybe take a self-assessment, think about what you're doing and do something a little different in the future. Who knew I was going to get into tech and had such great success at a big corporation and we took the company public? I mean, I didn't know that that was part of my story or that was coming. But during the plot twist, <laughs> during this pandemic, whatever it is you're going through, it can create opportunities. There are some people in the middle of this who probably don't love the job that they were doing and got let go of. They may find something much more rewarding and something that they takes them in a new path that they didn't even see on the other side of this. There will be some people who maybe were having a tough time in their marriages, and now that they've had time to be together, and they get worse, they may decide to go, you know, divorce on the other side of it, which we're hearing happened in China when they finally opened the doors. Or they may spend time with that person and realize, wow, about forgot how much I enjoy being around them. And their marriage may come out and be stronger on the other side of this. There's an opportunity with our children, people who are spending time with their children, to connect with their children in new ways. No one is going to take that experience and those funny moments and those hilarious things that they're doing trying to homeschool. No one's going to take that from them. So that's an opportunity we've created in some new memories. So opportunity comes in a crisis situation. One of the really fascinating things about a crisis situation, whether it's personal or for a country or a company, we've seen this across all different um, we, even if it's in, in science and in nature, when things hit, a, hit a, a, you know a tree is growing and it hits a point where it can't grow in a direction, it has to grow in another direction. and magical things happen. We see this all over. In these moments, you make an adjustment and you go in a new direction. no one questions why. It's actually easier to make a change when you're in a crisis. No one goes, well, "Why would you leave that great job?" or "Why would you choose to spend more time with their kids and not come into this meeting?" You have a chance right now that really do things differently without anybody questioning you because everyone everybody has a pandemic excuse you can do anything you want right now no one's been through one of these and it's sort of a license to make any changes you need to or want to
0: and what's wonderful here uh, is with this book this is not the end is that uh, we have a, a toolkit of sorts and we apply it to our life in general but here again you know thinking in terms of where we're at and how things are affecting us is to think of how we want to reply to people you talk about creating that script think about this ahead of time so we're not kind of caught off guard and say some things that we really don't want to say or that can haunt us in the future
1: Exactly and that goes back to when someone calls you on the phone and we're all doing this right now we are People are calling and checking in, people we haven't heard from them in a long time, or maybe it's just a name, or maybe it's just someone you work with, but the first thing people say all the time right now is, hey, how you holding up, or hey, how you doing? You have a choice in how you answer that, and if you don't spend a little time thinking about how am I really doing, what should I really say in this situation, then that just kind of comes out and becomes your script. So maybe you want to say, oh, I'm actually doing okay, how are you, or I'm having a tough day and I woke up sad this morning. Don't know why. What is it that you want to say when people call you so they can either help you or they can be inspired by you or they can know that you're okay and they can move on to someone else to worry about? Uh, To just say, oh, this is crappy like everybody, every time you answer the phone may not be factual. You may just be saying what other people are saying. There's an opportunity here to own that script. And when you think about it beforehand, it gives you some control in this situation. So when something really bad happens, that trauma, say, um, I know this from a young woman, I know who lost a baby. So she was so excited to be having this baby, the Facebook pictures and the big shower and all. And then she lost her baby within hours of it, minutes of it being born. And she didn't even want to go out into the world because what do you say? How are you doing? She can't say okay because people think she's not dealing with it. She can't say I'm, I'm struggling because people think she's not dealing with it. So what is the right answer? The answer, what I share in the book, and I, I go through a lot of different scenarios, whether you being fired or losing someone, the answer is create a script that you're comfortable with that gives you control, and then you can use that. Practice it, practice it, practice it, and then when you step out, that's your script. So you could say yes. It is very difficult. Thank you so much for thinking of me. I'm not ready to talk about it, but I appreciate you asking. gives you plea control. You don't have to relive the moment in your head every minute. When someone asks you it, you don't have to make an excuse or take care of them and their emotions. I always say start with yes because everyone wants to know they're right. So, you know, are you struggling through this? Yes, just like everybody else. But I'm having a good day today. How are you? you have complete control over how you uh, negotiate that and negotiate your own emotions and throwing it back to the other person asking, how are they um, really gives you an opportunity to have complete control.
0: Another really important and valuable tool that you, or, or direction you give us, Nina, is saying that if we have are struggling emotionally, having a really dark time and some people are, honestly are during this crisis, during the pandemic, because of various reasons, you really direct people to seek help, make sure that we get that.
1: Absolutely. It's really important. And I, for one, am not one who's good at asking for help. So this was one of the hardest things to do for me. But having gone through some big traumas and um, uh, an accident in which I, I really didn't want to go on, Um, I can tell you that getting help is really key. So in my darkest moments where I wanted to step into traffic and do, I'll talk about all sorts of frightening things in chapter eight, because I think it's important to share uh, those suicidal thoughts with people because so many of us don't talk about this. And yes, during this time, people are feeling desperate and hopeless. So when you are, one of the most, it's not an easy thing to do, one of the most important things you can do, the most important thing you can do is reach out for help. There are so many helplines and new things that have been set up during this pandemic to help people who are feeling hopeless. There are hotlines and you can Google different things and it automatically feeds you a a line or a a connection that you can call someone or text with them online, uh, text with them or um, uh, chat with them online. It does give you the opportunity to say all the crazy stuff in your head out loud, which is really, really important. You don't need to say it to everyone, but you need someone you can confide in to say all the stuff you're really afraid of out loud. It does a couple of things. Um, When you say things out loud, they become less scary. Sometimes when you say them out loud, you realize they're not nearly as big as you're making them in your head. Uh, And it gives you a chance to play out worst-case scenarios and have someone say, well, even worst-case scenario, you still have so much other things going on. Like, it's really not the end it is just a really crappy chapter and 5 years from now you're going to look back and go wow that really was terrible but man that through it uh and i do think that that having someone to say all the stuff in your head out loud to you is key whether it is someone individually to confide in who you trust uh or whether it is professional if you want to call and find a counselor, I had to find a counselor, and the first one I went to was not my person, so there's all different types of counselors out there. The first person I went to said, oh, let's find a happy place, and I just looked at her and said, you're not my person, and some other not nice words, and got up and left, which is not my finest moment, but next, the next person I went to said, you know, okay, well, let's work on this. What are you going to say? What's going on in your head? Let's come up with a script." They actually gave me homework assignments to do. All right, next week you're going to leave the house and you're going to do these three things and you're going to tell me how it went. I needed to work on things. So, that was what worked for me. But everybody's different. We all are born and have different life experiences and so how you got to the moment where you're feeling desperate is very personal in yours, but it's very, very important to find help. and and reach out for that, and make yourself make yourself because it's not easy. Make yourself tell somebody something, all the stuff that's going on in your head, and they will help you get through it. There's lots of people out there right now who are uh, equipped and are, and they have put together um, lots of call centers and people to help in this situation. Use those. It's really important, and you'll you'll be so glad you did because I look back now and think how close I came, and think wow. It's been 15 years now, but since my, my you know, those moments for me, and I can't even imagine that I ever felt like that. But at the time, I, I shared it in the book. It was very real.
0: Yes, and, and there's the beauty of it. You're sharing your personal life. You're so authentic in that way that using that as a guide, we can apply it to all these various circumstances in our life, See how, you know, doing the math, I think that's so brilliant, is seeing that that's just really, in perspective, such a small fraction. At the time, it's overwhelming. It's the whole thing. But you really help us to just get that good perspective on it. And and then, as you talk about, too, just having that resiliency in going forward.
1: Absolutely. You know, resiliency is a word we're hearing a lot in the news right now. Everyone's talking about being resilient, but not many people are explaining why they're using that word. Uh, You know, there's whole books on grit and determination and persistence. There's there's lots of books out there about that too. Uh, And that is not what's being used right now. That language is not what anyone is saying because you can't just go harder or try harder or double down on what you've been doing and do it more. Everything isn't it is changing you can't just people can't just go to work and do their job and do it more everyone's having to adjust and change well that's the definition of resilience the ability to learn and grow stronger from adversity and from a challenge and to adapt in a positive way to whatever happens in our lives that's the definition of resilience so these grit and persistence people are probably having a harder time than the rest of us because they are used to just doubling down and working harder and doing more. And you just can't in this situation. You have to adjust. You have to, we, we, we have to learn to work from home. We have to learn to get our groceries a different way. We have to maybe homeschool our kids. We have to can't go to a movie. like that, that was your escape. You have to adjust and do things differently. So that is why this world resilience is so, so important. And we're hearing it on the news and in people's writings. And when you go on social media, it's everywhere. And one of the key things that we're all going through right now at different stages is grief. So there's lots of stages of grief, and a lot of people know these. So there's the denial we all started with, oh, this isn't really happening. It's not really going to affect me. And then there was the anger, you know, wait, you're going to make me stay home? You're going to make me make a change in my life? Wait, this isn't, this isn't there. And then there's the bargaining, okay, remember this one? If I just stay home for two weeks, it'll all be okay. We were all <laughs> telling ourselves that. Uh, that came and went pretty quickly. And then there's the sadness, you know, what if I lose someone, someone near me, you know, near to me is ill. So all of us are at these different stages of grief all over the place. And, and you can go, it's not linear. You might go from sadness back to anger and then way back to denial and all, it bounces around. So the whole world is going through these different stages of grief. And the final stage of grief is acceptance. And the people who are most resilient get to that first, sooner. So the resilient people get to acceptance quickly. So acceptance is, this is happening. This is my new reality. What can I control? What, could, what do I need to do? And when you get to the acceptance piece and you go, okay, this is my new world. This is, this is the pandemic. Everybody's making changes. Disney shut down and Google has closed their offices. This must be real. So those are two of my big ones that I look at more than the politics or anything else. I'm like, okay, Disney closed and Google closed their doors and make everybody work from home. Like when they, they're they global, they know stuff that we don't know. So I'm gonna look at them some. But this is my new reality. What can I control? I can stay home. I can wash my hands. I can learn to work virtually. I can reach out and check on a friend. I can learn how to do Zoom, and get on a Zoom cocktail hour with my friends to stay in touch, whatever it is that you can do. The people who get to the acceptance piece and start adjusting and making changes, those are the people we're the most resilient. That's part of being resilient. You be- and we're all becoming more resilient because we're all having to make changes during this. And all resiliency is, is coping with these changes in a positive way. So we're all becoming stronger on the other side of this. We will all survive and gone on and changed and grown and learned. None of us will be the same as we were before. We're all going to be a little bit different with this experience. It's kind of like when you see something and you're like, oh, I can't unsee that, you know? <laughs> We can't undo the things that we're learning and doing and changing right now. We will all be a little different on the other
0: side. Exactly. We can't go back to it just you you remind us of that throughout the the book this is not the end. You know, I can't be that gymnast I was. Now I'm I am this. I am now the news anchor. If I'm not this, we just we're continually reinventing ourselves and I think that's uh, you know, one of the other gifts that we find in this wonderful book this is not the end is is to learn that and Maybe that's, the, maybe it really is the thing. Some of us really need some guidance and some, uh, you know, a cheerleader on our side. And I think here we get that input, that insight.
1: I, I try to be that insight and I try to explain you are writing your own story. You are the main character. You choose the language and the setting and the places that your main character will go more than anyone else. You have the most control over your main character. And you have all the cast of characters around you. And who are they? Maybe you need to make some change. If there's some Debbie down on you, keep calling. And every day she brings you down, maybe don't call her. (laughs) Maybe give her a break for a while. You take a break from that. You have the control over that. You are deciding what goes in the next chapter. Everybody, we have a moment right now where we're all having to slow down. What do you really like? I had a point in my life where I realized I love walking on the beach. I lived within five miles of the beach and hadn't been in months. And I thought, why did I stop going? Let's put that back in my life. I love riding a bicycle and I hadn't ridden in years. I thought, why don't I ride bicycles? I'm going to go get a bicycle. I'm going to add that to my life on the other side of this. So we are writing our own story. And now I'm this person who writes books to me. I ride bicycles and I walk on the beach. I just decided to make those part of my story because I am authoring this just like you are authoring yours. And get this, this is really important. My children, my husband, all the people in your life, they're all writing their own stories, too. You are not writing them. Big shocker there for some someone. <laughs> they are you are not writing their stories. Each person is controlled their own story. The people around you, uh, in this pandemic especially, everyone's going to write their own story. You can't, you know, the people who are mad because people aren't wearing masks and the people who are mad because some people are choosing to do things differently. You can't write other people's stories. You can write yours, and you can decide how you feel about all that, and that can be part of your story. But that's one of the beauties of the way I put the book together and the way that I'm thinking through this pandemic and sharing is you are in control of your own story. You can decide what goes in the chapters out of it afterwards. You can decide who you're going to be during this, how you're going to come out of it. You're going to decide who you're going to be afterwards. You have the license to make a crazy change if you want to take up decoupage, decoupage everything in your house. Take like, up a hobby, do something crazy, you know? whatever. I don't know where decoupage came from. That was super random, but you can do
0: whatever you want. Well, and the thing is, this is great for us at any age. It's always a value to be learning and, and having confirmation or getting a, a light bulb moment. But certainly I think about our young people, uh, you know, in high school, graduating college, whatever that level, this would be just an ideal gift.
1: Yes. Yes, it would. And I really think that for college reading for kids who are struggling right now and feel like this pandemic has ruined their lives, um, I think it's a really great book to put in their hands. They will relate to it. They will relate to the language in it. And it does show them that, oh, this is just one crappy chapter. And I've got this crazy, wonderful life ahead of me I don't even know about yet. Uh, and it'll help them put it in perspective because they do, I mean, they do feel like this is ruining everything because they are 20 and this is a big chunk of their life experience. If this is a year of their 20-year life. It's one twentieth of their whole life. It's the same 365 days that my 85-year-old you know, mother is having, but it's not, the math is very different for her. This is one year, one 85th of her whole life, (laughs) you know, she and I had that conversation because she's like, hey, I don't know how many years I have left. I've got to get the best into this one. And I said, well, it's just 365 days if you take it a year. It's going to be fine. Stay healthy through it. We'll do amazing things on the other side. But every minute doesn't count right now. It's let's get through this year healthy and then make plans after. So depending on which end of the spectrum you're on, it is really a good book to read just to put in perspective that this is just a chapter. It's not the whole book. It's a really bad one for everybody and a really weird one for a lot of people. But it's just a chapter.
0: Exactly. And that's why it's all that's such a perfect metaphor for the book for our life. So get the book, you can download the Kindle uh, uh, or purchase the paperback and visit your website, which is, is simply it is your name, right, Nina? It's NinaSaucemanPogue.com,
1: which is a mouthful, but I'm working on shortening that to something I don't know like yet. But you can also find it. You can find it on Amazon or your Nest or your Kindle or your Apple Reader. It's only ninety nine cents right now, or you can have it delivered to your door. Whoever you buy books from, whether it's Barnes and Noble or your Books a Million or you know Amazon or Indigo, it's on all those
0: different places. Great. So do yourself a favor. Do your friends. Your kids. Your neighbors, it's just an invaluable gift, and they will love you for it. And I have just loved having you join us this morning, Nina. It's been so inspirational. I have loved the book, and uh, it it really is a must-read.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Best of luck to all of you, to all your
0: listeners. And you as well. And with that, we're at the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Nina Sossaman-Pogue and Sunday Morning Magazine with Jack Schreiner from Pacific Medical Centers. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warrum1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our warm 106.9 webpage and click on the podcast tab Then Sunday mornings and look for the show and guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of finding the opportunity in this current time to create the life we want to live.